Dear friends, my name is Sonny Simak and you're listening to Masihi Jeevan. Today with me I have a special guest. His name is Brother Wale. He is a good friend of mine and has kindly agreed to join me to discuss a topic called the poverty of the prosperity gospel. So without a further ado I would like to ask Brother Wale to introduce himself to us. Hey Sonny, thank you very much for asking me to come on this podcast. It is a podcast that I regularly listen to and I pray that God may continue to uphold you as you try your best possible with the help of the Holy Spirit to tell people the truth. My name is Wale Akirogude. I'm the pastor of the Replant in Walthamstow, known as Grace Church Walthamstow. And Sonny has invited me this afternoon to talk about the poverty of the prosperity gospel and when you when you look at the phrase very well poverty and prosperity they don't go together what we want to do as brothers is to show you the poverty of the prosperity gospel and to be able to indeed tell you that that not everyone not everyone in the global south when we use the phrase global south we are talking about most countries in in the third world who are not able to provide for their citizens because of corruption right. so what we want to do today is to be able to tell you categorically clear that it is not everyone who go to these churches that they are actually looking for health and wealth they are just struggling so you said uh, global south um i think what you mean by is that you know countries such as uh, india pakistan in asia or you know some of the african countries i believe that's Correct. what you mean by global south african countries in the sub saharan desert right okay so um can you tell us a bit about your background briefly right thank you sonny um I was born in Lagos. Lagos used to be the capital city of Nigeria. Lagos is in the southwest of Nigeria. Nigeria is Africa's most populous nation. Okay. And at the moment now we are over 200 million. And I was born into a Baptist family and I remember vividly that my parents would drive me to a big Baptist church where my grandfather was a pastor for about 5 years. and i became a christian i was baptized in 1987 and between 1987 and and 1994 95 many many orthodox baptist children became disillusioned with um with what we tagged as 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 weak teachings of our baptist pastors and we wanted the anointing and many of us left in drove and began to follow prosperity gospel teachers the field our landscape the field our tv sets and our radio stations they wore bespoke suits they drove expensive cars they were hiring massive halls preaching prosperity and we wanted what they had but what we didn't know was that what they were preaching to us was false doctrine and that is what has led many of us to to think that the gospel of Jesus Christ is about health and wealth the gospel of Jesus Christ is about us coming out of our sin and professing faith and following Jesus Christ as our lord and savior i think it's amazing how god saves people you know people who come from these prosperity uh, gospel background mm. so even though you were exposed to this kind of teaching and you believed in this kind of teaching for many years mm. god brought you out um, of this 
false uh, gospel teaching. And I think for me, uh, growing up in India, uh, being born to a Hindu family, and then uh, through my parents, I happened to be in a church, mm. and uh, it was a charismatic church. So mm. I was exposed to this kind of teaching as well. Very early on in my life, in my teen years, uh, uh, I, I saw uh, this 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 message of prosperity and this message of healing. Preachers often would 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 speak about um, coming to Jesus and finding your healing and finding you know your wealth uh, in Him, and and I I, I think this message is very uh, appealing to people living in the global south as we. Uh, have mentioned um, because many of these people are struggling. Mm, I mm. have seen struggles even in my own family where people are extremely poor or people have sicknesses. Um, when you when you think of this kind of message, when you when you hear a message like this, you're you're naturally inclined to listen more and to find out more about the preachers who are preaching this type of gospel. So that is my experience early on in my Christian life. Today, the main agenda really of this podcast is to speak about people's plight in those countries, maybe. Correct, yeah. And to give them a benefit of the doubt as well, that although some of these people may believe in prosperity gospel because they have no other gospel, Nobody is preaching them a sound gospel, for example. How do we understand their situation and how can we be sensitive to their plight in order to preach to them the sound gospel? You see, Sonny, you've raised, you've raised a very cogent point here. And we need to be extremely cautious and ultra-sensitive. When we talk about prosperity gospel, almost all the... Almost all the documentaries and articles that I have watched and read on prosperity gospel is always attacking the preachers. Sure. We've never taken time to look at the followers. Right. And the followers are in their millions in Africa. The followers are in their millions in in India. We always look at the main preachers. We always look at the big boys and yes. the cars that they drive. Yeah. <laughs> and then we've never taken our time to look at the followers. The issue is, Sonny, what has driven these millions of people to be thronging to these church buildings every week in search of health and wealth? We must deal with that issue first before we can begin to teach them the gospel of Jesus Christ. Sonny, there are millions of people. When, when churches in Nigeria finally opens up now after COVID-19, there are churches in the southwest of Nigeria who are having four or five Sunday services every Lord's Day. I'm talking about three, 4,000 people per service times five, you're looking at about 12,000 people walking into the same building every day. You have a church, you have a church in Abuja, which is the, which is the capital city of Nigeria now. They have a 100,000 seats a church. You have another church in Nogu State, which is, about a, which is about 60 kilometers from Lagos. It's a 50,000 seat church. You have another church in Port Harcourt, which is about 300 miles. They are building 
150,000 seats at church and they would have four or five services every Sunday. Something is making these people to go there. Suddenly, the level of poverty, and I'm sure it's the same issue in India, the level of poverty has so much risen to, to, to an height that people are suffering. And because people are suffering, they are hungry, and because they are hungry, they would do anything to put food on the table. Let's address that issue of corruption first. So I, I guess it's uh, the situation of desperation for these people. Correct. Um, so they are in the situation, whether they have been let down by their local government or the you know, central government's mm. um, welfare system. We know that uh, countries uh, like India and other countries in the global south you know, have this issue of corruption. So many people are actually looked off, uh, not looked after and are sort of looked over when it comes to welfare system. Mm. Uh, so some of these people are genuinely struggling with poverty and genuinely struggling with, uh, with, with health issues as well. For example, I mean, I've been thinking about this, mm. this podcast and I was thinking about my situation here in the UK. Let's say if I was to break uh, my leg today, the ambulance will come and pick me up and will take me to hospital and they'll give me all the, all the treatment and make me well again uh, and I'm back home again uh, and ready to go back to work. But when you, when you talk about a standard citizen uh, in India, for example, um, if I compare this situation with, with the folks over there, if, if I live in India and if I break my leg, not only I am in trouble, but as a result of me breaking my leg, my family is in trouble. Correct. My wife will then have to run around asking my relatives or my friends for money uh, so that she could pay for my treatment. Mm. So the, the issue is um, level of stress goes much higher if you happen to live in one of the third world countries when it comes to poverty. Even though I am in trouble here if I break my leg, but I have more troubles back home uh, because not only I will have to deal with my my injury, but I will also have to deal with my finances because there is no welfare system to protect me and give me treatment that I need. Sonny, what you've done now is to bring out not 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 an hypothetical issue, but a real life issue. Yeah. So we have two professing believers, one in India and one in London. Yeah. And, and there is nothing to doubt the salvation of these two brothers who are married and who have children. And both of them have broken their legs at work. And you have the brother in the UK, within 10-15 minutes, he will be, he will be blue-lighted yeah. to, to a London hospital. And they will do everything within the powers of the NHS local hospital to get him treated. And he goes home, mm. he signed off work for the next six, seven weeks. Statutory sick pay kicks in. Statutory sick pay will, will, will then kick in. Mm. If he has an insurance, insurance will, will then take care of him. If he has a mortgage, he can go on a mortgage holiday. If he has a car finance, his car finance can go on holiday to make sure that he is, he is recuperating well and he is not stressed. And over a period of time, he has money 
and he has things to fall back to. When you come to India or you come to Nigeria and if a man breaks his leg, he's in trouble. Yes. And just as you have said. So we've got to be very careful when we address prosperity gospel. I don't want our viewers or listeners to think that we are turning down the gospel. We are not. What we are trying to do as brothers who are residents in the UK, but who were born in third world country, right. is to let many of our listeners understand that many of our brothers and sisters are genuinely struggling with poverty in Africa and in India. And 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 this is what this is what is making these false preaching churches to thrive. Because these false pastors then come and say that, ah, because you don't have a job, because you are struggling, we can help you. And because people genuinely are struggling, they would then latch up to it and they would then come to church and give that which is not enough to these charlatans, thinking that they would help them. And the more you give to them, the more you lose. So it's like a Ponzi scheme. The person at the top gets all the money. So when you talk about prosperity gospel, we have to be very careful not to throw the baby and the bath water away. People are genuinely struggling. How do we address it? Yeah, I think uh, poverty is a is a real real issue mm, um, mm. in in those countries. And yes, of course, you know there are many people who experience poverty here in this country as well. So Correct. we're not saying that there is no poverty here. And uh, just as you know, we know that there are many rich people living in india as well so you know we we're not trying to say that that all people who live in india are poor we're not saying that but what what we are saying is that if you know be, because these preachers know these so called gospel preachers you know who go into countries like india or nigeria and other parts of the world they use the desperation of people to to preach their agenda correct sorry. and correct. they are like those sorcerers they tell you what you want to hear so mm. there are many um these these fortune teller shops in india you know um these uh, palm readers you go to them and they they read your hand and they tell you what you what you need to hear basically and you give them money so these false teachers are like these palm readers you know if 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 poor people or sick people are coming to their crusades or meetings they tell them what they want to hear mm. come to jesus and he will make you happy and rich and uh, your 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 sickness will disappear if you come to jesus so poverty is a real issue and so is sickness so let's talk a bit about sickness as well i know we 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 did mention sickness a little bit uh, a few minutes ago but uh, you know if again if you're struggling with sickness here and if you're struggling with sickness over there there is a huge difference in dealing with this sickness issue can you can you maybe elaborate a little bit on on this issue as well um um cancer in the uk is the same cancer in in nigeria yeah if a believer is diagnosed with terminal cancer is the same health issue as the believer that is diagnosed in Lagos. Yeah. But the healthcare system is different. I know one or two people in the UK who've been diagnosed with terminal cancer and who are professing believers. And we are assured that if and when they do die, we will see them in heaven. But I'm... Um, 
Um, I am not trying to be insensitive to the plight of people who are my brothers and sisters in the UK who have been diagnosed with terminal cancer. To be diagnosed with terminal cancer in a place like Nigeria and you are a professing Christian, it's a different ball game. Mm. Because here in the UK, you can quickly go in for your chemotherapies. You have doctors ringing you. You have health workers that are constantly on your neck, making sure that you are fine. You have the support of the community nurse. In Nigeria, it's a different game altogether. You would pay through your teeth for everything. It's a big issue, Sonny. Yeah, can I quickly come in because you know this uh, issue of cancer? I know we are just using cancer as an example. And mm. again, if you're listening to this and you think um, that we are attacking anybody with cancer, that is not what we are saying. Now, my dad had cancer. My dad died of uh, cancer. I remember correctly. And uh, you know, I know when my dad was diagnosed with cancer. He got uh, a lot of help from NHS. You know, he mm. was on chemo for a number of months, and also there were charities who would help him financially to to look after his expenditure because he lost his job. You know, as a, as a result of his cancer. So we have a personal experience in this. You know, I have personal ex- experience in this. You know, seeing somebody dying of cancer. But if you happen to have a cancer in India, again, you're left on your own. In fact, your your relatives uh, or or people, even in your church, may think that you are cursed. Mm. They 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 may say that to you. Well, you know, if you have a cancer or if you have any other life threatening illness, surely God is not with you. God has abandoned you. So there is this extreme um, taboo of of cancer or any other illness back home. Uh, where people struggle with, and often what happens when somebody's so, somebody is terminally sick, they are going to be left alone, and they are going to be abandoned by not only the authorities but also their families. Even I don't know. Do, do you do you see anything like this in in Africa or Nigeria? Sonny, before before I I I answer your question mm. can i ask you a question right i am very sorry if this is going to come out a bit insensitive That's please right. forgive me um would you have preferred your dad to have had cancer in india which one would you have preferred cancer in india or cancer in the uk with you with your level of experience now where would you have preferred your dad to have been diagnosed with cancer yeah, it's it's a difficult question, but I think we we have to be reasonable here. Correct, and yeah. and and when I when I think reasonably, I would say I would rather have it here in the UK. Yes. If he was in India, um, and if he didn't have money back home, he he would have died a lot earlier, I guess. And that is going to help me to then answer the question that you posed to me yeah. a, a couple of seconds ago. Mm. Many Africans especially Nigerians who are in the civil service, as in the UK, they do pay their taxes. It is removed at source every month. But yet, they do not have adequate healthcare system. So if a Nigerian is diagnosed with terminal illness, they are on their own. 
and it's a big issue. Therefore, Sonny, therefore, Sonny, prosperity gospel preachers are thriving because of corruption. Yes. And we need to deal with governmental pandemic corruption. If we don't deal with that, we will not be able to address the reason why people are, 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 are thronging daily and weekly to these churches. They are going there because they think that these people are going to help them. So the main issue, Sonny, and we cannot shy away from it, the main issue where prosperity gospel is thriving in the global south is because of corruption. But we must also be able to balance it yeah. or we will do the gospel a disservice. Yeah. Corruption may never leave many countries. Right. So if corruption is not going to leave a country like Nigeria, are you going to tell me then that there will never be genuinely professing Christian there? So we've got to address the issue. And my go-to text in our next section will be Acts chapter 2, 41 to 47. How do you know the genuine Christ-centered church? What is the first thing that we must learn yeah. in a genuinely Christ-centered church? And we must also be very careful as we wrap up now that, that, that poverty is a massive issue. And as believers, we must we must address it and be able to offer help to people genuinely. I'm not saying I'm going to help um, everyone in Africa, but there are people who are struggling. And if and when possible, we have the facility to help. We must help. We have biblical example mm -hmm. of the Jerusalem church struggling. The Gentile churches contributed money and sent it to the church in Jerusalem. Yeah, so just to wrap up, uh, yes, we will look at that passage in the in the next part. So uh, in, in closing, basically, what we are trying to say here is this, that poverty is real. Their plight is real. Correct. And we need to, we need to be sensitive to the the life issues that some of these brothers and sisters are facing in those countries however at the same time we do recognize that there is sin in the world and we know that there are corrupt governments that's why th there is so much uh, issues there, there are so many issues that our brothers and sisters face on the other side of the world but having said that we need to be sensitive we need to know uh, the plight of these people and we need to address this issue so that we may understand their needs better so that we could apply the gospel better the, the, mm, does that mm. does that make sense to you yes 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 all right so uh, we will just stop here now and uh, we'll take a short break and we will meet in the next part where we will discuss the doctrinal element of our today's podcast thank you for listening friends I pray and hope that this episode has been a great encouragement to you and see you in the next episode. God bless you.